Actors Talk Podcast, Episode 49. Welcome, everybody, to Actors Talk Podcast, Episode 49. My name is Tommy G. Kendrick. I'm the producer and host of our digital get-together. I'm also an actor located in the Austin, Texas area. And if you have a feature film or a short film, for that matter, that you'd like to talk to me about, my contact information is right there at ActorsTalkPodcast.com. My agent's contact information as well. But if you have a short film, just contact me directly, and I'll be happy to talk to you about that. Uh, This happened to me recently when a producer writer named Leanne Morris contacted me via Facebook. We sort of run in some of the same circles there, so I had knew who Leanne was, and but she contacted me about a project that she had written and was producing called Tattered Blanket, and it was a small part, quite honestly. And of course, I'd love to do larger parts as well. But if it's a good part. It can be small. That's fine. And she sent me the script, and it was a good role. It was a, a nice script. And she was willing to make it a SAG after signatory project so that I could participate. So I'm going off this weekend to work for Leanne Morris in East Texas for her short film called Tattered Blanket. And I'm looking very forward to doing so. Thank you, Leanne, for inviting me to play and for making it a SAG after a signatory project. I really appreciate you doing that. I have been sick as a dog, folks, so it's really great that that this uh, the timing has worked out for when I'm to do this film because I, since Christmas, I have had two serious bouts of bronchitis with a short break in between around the 1st of March, and I haven't been this... <laughs> I haven't been this sick in a long time, maybe ever, certainly not for such a period of time. So thank you for your patience in that the podcast episodes have been a little slower coming together and also for your prayers. I appreciate that very, very much. My guest for this episode of Actors Talk is somebody that I think you're really going to get a charge out of. He's such a positive person. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have him on was I've just been taken by the positive nature of the things that he posts online and the the things that he writes and also because he is an accomplished filmmaker. I first became aware of Tracy Trost. I guess I should tell you his name, Tracy J. Trost. He is a filmmaker out of Oklahoma. I first became aware of Tracy, I think about 2010, when he was in production for a film, a feature film called A Christmas Snow. Now, Christmas Snow was, I believe, his first feature, and it starred Muse Watson of NCIS fame and also Catherine Mary Stewart and Anthony Tyler Quinn. And it also introduced a terrific young actress named Catherine Ten Naples. So it was a terrific cast, a wonderful family-oriented film, And one of the things that I really got onto this film about early, in in addition to the cast, was the or were the -the behind-the-scenes videos that Tracy posted on a regular basis. They were so well done and so informative that I, as a viewer, knew immediately that I was in good hands. I knew this was an accomplished filmmaker. What I didn't know was that not only was this Tracy's first feature film, 
but that he had not really started pursuing his directing dreams in earnest until about the age of 45. So listen up, all of you folks out there, and I, and I know there are some of you who have deferred your dreams, who have gotten detoured by whatever life's circumstances have been, and you think, well, maybe it's too late. Maybe I can't do this. Well, listen up, because you're going to get some positive reinforcement here in this episode of Actors Talk Podcast. Without any further ado, let's get to my interview with Tracy Owen. Keep in, uh, keep an ear out also for a terrific short film that we're going to, going to talk about that Tracy recently did. was an award winner at the 2014 Trail Dance Film Festival. It's called Carry Me. And he has a very, very interesting way that he's gone about marketing, a marketing tie-in with this short film. Tracy's a very clever guy in terms of marketing. Not only is he an accomplished writer and director, but this guy knows marketing and how can you undersell that when it comes to independent filmmaking? You can't. So a lot to get to in this episode. So here we go with my epi- my episode. Here we go with my interview with Tracy J. Tr- Tracy. <laughs> oh, well, I got in a little too big of a hurry, didn't I? Here we go with my interview with Tracy J. Trost, terrific filmmaker out of Oklahoma. Tracy, thank you so much. Man, I enjoyed this conversation. I hope you will, too. No, you will. Hey, join me on the other side because I want to let you know about the next episode with a big-time casting director out of New York. We'll talk about that after my interview with Tracy. I first became aware of you maybe two or three years ago when you were mm-hmm. producing a movie called A Christmas Snow. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about that, I hope, in, in just a moment. But what I don't know about you really is is any of the backstory. You're, oh. You live in Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. right? And did, yeah. are you an Oklahoma born and bred no. guy? Or where, where Originally did you from Minnesota. Ah. You know, Minnesota up there okay. in LA. I can, I can do the accent with the best of them. I grew up with it. I have, I have relatives who... Give Fargo a run for their money oh, with man. the accents. Yeah, up there. Come on over. We'll have some tater tot hot dishes. <laughs> uh, you should, yeah, sure, you betcha. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, so, were you from a, a big family there, or a small family? No, uh, kind of just normal. Yeah. Me and uh, a brother and uh, a couple parents and grew up in the country and right. love to hunt and fish and camp. And I'm a big outdoor guy. Uh, don't get to do as much of it as I as I used to, but right. still very much enjoy it. I uh, got to go up there for Christmas and do a little ice fishing. Awesome this last, uh, year, so it was really fun. Got oh, man. caught some walleye. If you haven't if you haven't eaten walleye, you haven't eaten fish yet. I actually it's, have, and it is yeah. and, I, and it is good. Yeah, it's yeah. the best to me. Breast breast. Careful, got to edit that one out. <laughs> it's the well, that stays. That's how much I like it. It's the best <laughs> freshwater fish I've ever had. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <clears throat> Well, little faux pas. <laughs> Where, little Freudian slip. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> it's just us guys here. Um, yeah, we'll call this uh, Actors Talk for the man only. The, uh, the man, man only show, yeah. The ratings yeah. will go through the roof. Oh, sure, yeah. Where did, where did the creative yearning in you come from, and how early did you sort of latch onto that, or, or, or did a, it come later in life? Yeah, funny story. You know, uh, growing up as a kid, and again, I'll date myself here a little bit, Playing with eight millimeter cameras. I've always been the. I've always was the nerd, you know. So in high school, I was the kid who got the pass to go get the projector, and I knew how to load the the film in the projector, and you know that kind of thing. So I was awesome. always that geeky kid, you know, greasy hair and not the best hygiene. Uh, some may still say I have that same problem, but uh, I was always into the technical stuff. So we used to shoot stuff when I was a kid on eight millimeter, and you know, do like 
fake gunfights with lasers and then go get the film, you know, um, developed and then scratch in laser shots and tape it all together. And so at a young age, I was into that kind of stuff. And um, always as a young person said, you know, one day I'll be a director. Always said it. I, I don't even know where that came from, to be honest with you. Just was how, how early do you remember thinking that? Do you, do you have oh, a recollection of that? Okay. Seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was I was the sound guy for the bands and and for the church plays. I was the guy rigging the dry smoke or uh, what do you call it? Dry not dry smoke, dry ice to mm-hmm. make the, mm-hmm. the fog and all that for the Christmas play. You know, so I was always that kind of like you say, geeky, get into the 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 behind the scenes stuff in production. You know, it was always there. And and so I remember when I met my wife, we were talking one time, and she was like, you know, if, what, if your dream in life, what would it be? And I was twenty three when I got married. And uh, I said, you know, direct, direct movies. Always thought I could do it. Always wanted to do it. Was always something there, you know. But then life happens, right? Yeah. When I got married, my wife had a six-year-old son, and um, we. She's four years older than I am. She'll be mad at me for saying that, but uh, <laughs> she looks she looks way younger than I do. <laughs> and you know, you, you get a job, you get a mortgage, you, you got to get a car. You get another kid comes along, and pretty soon you're just working, right? You, know, you, you do what you got to do to. To pay the bills and the idea of becoming a movie director, you know, going to school for it or anything like that all goes away as you're just being a father and a husband. And um, Were you working for someone else? I mean, probably early in your marriage you were, but then did you start uh, your own business or something? Yeah, I've always had that entrepreneurial kind of spirit to me, but uh, I, went, I went to school down in, in Dallas to Christ for the Nations, and that's where I got into television. They had a daily te- TV broadcast down there and um, just – knew it was something I wanted to do. And so that was one of the, the electives was, you know, you had the special electives you could do. And so got into um, shooting this one-hour TV show that we did every day. And it's funny because the first year I was a student, the second year I was actually a student trainer and pretty much ran the program down there with the, with the professor. And it was one of those things you, when you're in it, you just know this is it. You know, right. you love it. And so then when I came back after college, I was touring at the time, actually. I got a job with Starsong Records. Do you remember them? Way yeah, I, I remember that. Now, were you married at this time? No, uh, no. This single. is pre-married. Yeah, okay. It's pre-marriage. Yeah. Okay. I, I, sorry, I went forward and backwards. It's okay. like a movie. Yeah, yep, yep. And uh, I was touring. Uh, do you remember a band, Morgan Cryer or Mylon Lefevre, Michael W. Smith, yep, Amy Grant? Yep. Yeah, now you're getting. Now you're getting. Yeah, some of those. Yeah. So yeah, toured with those guys for a while, different bands, and loved that. You know, ran lights and you know worked with the the sound guys and all that. But I came back home on on vacation off on a break in the band and uh, saw this really cute girl at church, and um, that was it. My life That's, was over. That happened <laughs> to me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like okay. You know, so I, um, you know, we started dating and stuff. And so I'd go away and work, I'd come back and all that. And that happened for a little while. And then uh, we decided to get married. And um, I was working at that time for Warner Brothers. Warner, it was Warner Electra Atlantic at the time. And some new stars had come out. Mike and the Mechanics was just coming out, Tracy Chapman. And I was with a new band called Judson Spence. And they were going to do a European tour. So we were getting married on the 22nd of October. And they call me up and they say, hey, we're going to do this European tour. And, okay, fine. When do we leave? Well, it starts October October 20th. I said, well, I'm getting married on the 22nd. I'll, <laughs> I'll meet you guys after. And they're like, no. And the guy that was, it was he was one of the, uh, the uppity-ups in the ranks, you know, and he's just kind of like, you know, no lighting guy's going to tell me what we're going to do, you know, those kinds of guys. Yeah. And it was one of those dip- pivotal times in my life because it was like, okay, I, I changed my wedding and changed everything so that I can go on this job or – I make the job change for me, you know. And I said, well, I, I, 
I'll, I'll meet up with you after, you know, a couple days later. But I mean, I know the show. I already have the the board programmed. I don't need to go right away. And he just basically said, if you say no to me on this, you'll never work for us again. And I just said, okay, it's nice knowing you. Because <laughs> you know? if you're gonna make me choose this job over my wife and my kid, that ain't gonna happen. Right. And so that comes into you know, yes, the entrepreneurial question. So I went to, I went to work for a a company that I worked for in high school, and I was there for about a year, and I was going nuts because I knew I couldn't do this the rest of my life. And I kind of leaped out, and I was pretty good with graphics, and I started a graphic design company with an old Mac 512, if you can oh, believe wow. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's how old I am again. And uh, I've, uh, here's an interesting fact, tidbit. I've owned every Mac that was made from 512 on up. You know, it went through the 2, the 2X, the CX, the ZX, the ZI. The I two, hope you, you still know. have them all. Oh, no. Oh, I wish I would have kept them. You know, think your, about it. Your own personal museum. You know, the quads, the quad pros, yeah. you name it. I had them all. I've owned every version up to right now. I have a MacBook Pro, and I've actually got the power. power Anyhow, <laughs> pouring stuff there. Sorry about that. <laughs> I That's digress. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> so, so, uh, so you started a business on I your own? I started a graphic so, okay. design company. Right. Yeah, and it turned into a little newspaper thing, which then eventually turned into a, a design firm. And um, wow. I had clients all over the U.S. and was doing quite well at it and we we took a bite on a larger thing it was a thing called card creations and it was custom greeting cards which nowadays everybody's got them you can you know send a picture in upload a picture and they right. send you cards uh when i was doing it again we were in the the mac quadros at the time and it was apple talk for the internet and we were exchanging files on cyquest 44 meg removable hard drives you know oh, man. so things weren't as fast the internet was not even close to what it is now right. we were about five years as my partner said, we were on the bleeding edge, not the cutting edge, but we were so far ahead that uh, we just didn't, you know, it didn't go. We, right. we, we struggled for a couple of years. I ended up having to close that business down, and, and an opportunity came in Oklahoma in 1999 to come down here and do television and um, graphic design for a ministry that I worked for, who was a client at the time. Uh-huh. And uh, so I took it, came down and did it, and it was funny. I, I worked for him for about a year, realized again I'm... I'm an entrepreneurial kind of person, and uh, left them and went on my own, and they became a company, uh, a, a customer, and then I built a a graphic design slash direct mail marketing company called Trost Consulting, and I had that for over ten years. Just sold it actually last December. It's oh wow! Year. Well, now what, sold that what, to, what, to focus on film? Okay, you know? I was going to say what all that tells me is not only not only are you an entrepreneur, but all of those things you were describing are things that are going to take your time and your focus yeah. and you're not going to have time to be writing scripts or developing films or shooting films right. because you're, you're busy in this other uh, endeavor. What was it that finally, uh, and, and I think I know this because I was listening to your podcast and you, you told a guest of yours and I can't remember who it was, what, and it, I think it was a book of his, maybe you'll be able to fill in yeah. the gaps here that it encouraged him it encouraged you to follow your dream to become a filmmaker. Could you talk about that? Yeah, so that's five years ago. I was 40, uh, 45 years old and um, running this this marketing company, direct mail marketing company. We, we only dealt with Fortune 100 companies at the time, so we were was doing quite well. I had about 15 employees. And for in my business, I did a book meeting. I would pick a book, and as a company, we would read that book together, and we would come together on Tuesdays. I'd buy lunch, and we'd get together and read a chapter and I not, we wouldn't read we'd have the chapter read when we came and I would just we would talk about it and I would say you know how can we apply the truths of this chapter to our lives as an individual the second question I would always ask is how can we apply the truths of this chapter to ourselves in our position at work here 
And then how can we as a company, how can we apply these truths to our customers? How can we help our customers become more than just, you know, people that we do jobs for and take money from, you know? And I love the book meetings because they were great. And some of the best, some of the best teaching times for myself and imparting to my people uh, happened there. But there was a book we were reading called Discover Your Brilliance. It was by Simon Bailey. And one what, of the chapters, What was that name again? I didn't understand. Discover Your Brilliance. Right. By... Yeah. What was his Simon name? Bailey. Simon, Simon Bailey. Okay. He's a Simon T. Bailey. Oh, okay. So I'm not sure what the T <laughs> is. Okay. <laughs> but uh, the, the chapter asked the question, if you could do anything you wanted to do, be anybody you wanted to be, money weren't an issue, failure weren't you know, an option, you know you could be successful at, you know, what would that one thing be, that thing that defines you as a human being? And that got me thinking. You know, so I went around the room and asked that question to everybody who was there, and I said, you know, what would that thing be? If, if you could think of it right now, that one thing that would define you. And like one person said I would be a photographer. Another one said I'd be a masseuse. I remember one girl said I'd move to Colorado Springs. You know, everybody, if you, I mean, if you ask yourself this question, you know the answer. There's that thing, that thing that I've always wanted to do, that thing that you're passionate about. We've all got that somewhere. So I asked another question afterwards. I said, so what are you doing on a daily basis to get there? Because going from one place to another in life as in traveling you have to make plans you have to study you have to educate yourself you have to make connections you have to set up appointments you have to do things you don't just wake up one day you know i'm in tulsa and the next morning i'm in in california without making plans from point a to point b so i said okay now you know what that thing is what are you doing on a daily basis to get there of course everybody does the same thing whenever i ask this question anybody is they look at you and go uh we work here, you know, we work for you, <laughs> you know, they, they're not, they're not thinking that thing is there, right. but they're not doing anything to get there. After I asked that question, of course, I was, as far as I was concerned, we were done with the meeting. I was ready to go back to work. And one of the girls looked at me and said, Tracy, what about you? You know, what's that one thing? Or do you know that one thing that you could say, you know, would define you as a person? And I said, yeah, it's easy. I mean, it's something I've said since I was a kid, I'd be a director. I would direct movies. And then she says to me, of course, so what are you doing on a daily basis to, to get there? And I looked at her and I said, you're fired. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it got me thinking. And I, I, I came home that night and I told my wife about this. And she's, she said, yeah, since I've known you, that's what you said you were going to do. So she said, what are you going to do? And I says, well, I'm going to do what I told them. I'm going to educate myself. You know, so I started reading. I read scripts. I read other people's scripts. I read books on writing scripts. I read books on making movies. You know, I didn't know the difference between above the line, below the line. I didn't know what a producer did versus a line producer. I had no clue what a line producer was. You know, all these things I had to educate myself on. Had you even directed a short film at that point? Mm -hmm. Hadn't done anything. Wow. No. The only thing I had done. This is five years well, ago? I did, docu I did documentaries okay. uh, before that. Um, but, you know, they were just me and a camera and then right. come back and pick out music and hire a narrator and, you know, go with it. So I had the, the innate skills. I just didn't have a good understanding. Right. You know? Yeah. So that was yeah, when I was 44. Well, yeah, that's, that's almost unbelievable. And uh, just, I want to remind uh, the listener right now that uh, we're going to talk about some things now that will require you to go on the internet and find them. And all the links to those things will be at actorstalkpodcast.com. So you don't have to write down links or try to remember where they are. You just go to the show notes and those things will be there. So what is, is really mind blowing to me is that I've seen some of your work. I've seen A Christmas Snow. I've seen a short film that you recently put out. Was we'll talk, carry talk, me? Talk, yes. Talk about yeah. that in a second. Yeah. And the level of work 
is very accomplished. I mean, it's it's really accomplished. It's very well, self-assured. I it's I mean, it's just top line professional. And to think that five years ago you hadn't directed so much as a short no. film is almost no. unbelievable. One of the, this sort of dovetails into something that I, I wanted to talk to you about because I know you're really into positive thinking and yes. and to following dreams and putting dreams into action and all those kinds of things. I know that about you from just reading what things you post on Facebook and from listening to your podcast and that kind of thing. One of the most frequent questions I get is, "It too late? Mm. I I wanted to be an actor, mm-hmm. and now I'm." 35, I'm 45, I'm 60, whatever it is, you know, is it too late? Can I start? I get that question a lot. I always try to encourage people because the thing is, if my feeling is if somebody's coming to me, somebody they don't even know, you know, with a question because they found me on the internet or, or something, or a blog or, or the podcast, and they want some sort of direction there, they certainly have that question that's just boiling inside them. And has been for probably for many years in, in most cases when they come with that question and it won't let go. And so mm-hmm. I try to I try to be as positive as possible. Let me read to you something. And I bet you know who wrote this. It is never too late to do something outstanding. You can mm-hmm. never assume you have peaked or that you are never going to peak or even experience a peak. As long as you are breathing, there is still the possibility of more of something greater. You never know when a book or an album will sell 10 million copies or a movie will generate $10 million. That is the reason that creation must be continuous, constantly looking for new angles, for new products, for new presentations, new proposals, and more people. Do you know who said that? You're stumping me. The Robert D. <laughs> oh, Robert D. Yeah. D is amazing. You know, I, I listened to your podcast with his uh, with his book twenty thousand days twenty thousand days and the and the you did two podcast episodes with him and he just blew me away with his you could do a week with him yeah you know? yeah his enthusiasm <laughs> and the things he had to say and then through him and listening to him and to you I've now become acquainted with Andy Andrews I can't believe I didn't know of these guys before but I just you know they just weren't on my personal radar you know mm-hmm. and I'm really. And, and- Enjoying. It's weird Andy's the least known, well-known person, if that makes sense. He's, yeah. He's had several number one books on New York Best Time Seller. He's spoken to the largest groups. He's been on Good Morning America, Oprah, you name it. He's been everywhere, but not, nobody knows who he is, which just amazes me because he's right. one of the most dynamic people I've ever met and uh, one of the greatest writers I've ever met. Really great stuff. And I'll have links to to both those guys' um, information on the website. Well, I can make a suggestion to anybody listening right now. If you're going to pick up a book this year, get The Traveler's Gift by Andy Anders. And it's an easy read. It's a very interesting read. But if you read that book and don't walk away different, then you're you're dead. Okay, it's not easy. (laughs) I hate to say it that way. But that was the first book I did with my team seven years ago doing the book meeting with with my company. And it just got me going. I realized that if I can do these book meetings and get my team on this going the same direction as a company, we'll just grow and we'll just improve because we're all focused. We're all walking the same line. We're all going the same way. And uh, it was great. But yeah, like you, I get that same question. You know, I, I, I've always wanted to do this, but I don't know. It's too late. This, do that, whatever. Right. And my answer is, are you breathing? And of course, they're like, well, yeah, well, then it's not too late. As long as you've got breath in your lungs, Nothing is impossible for you. But I'll tell you this, and this is an important thing. If you believe it's impossible, then it is. But if you believe it's possible, then it is. You know, It comes down to you, what you're willing to believe, what you're willing to grasp onto, what you're willing to move ahead with. Because right now, you are living your life based on the choices and decisions you've made to this point. 
What you believe is what your life is. And if you want your life to be something else, then you've got to believe differently. And it takes putting in action. Sometimes you have to do action before you actually believe it. You know, uh, I, I've talked to different people and they say, you know, if you want to be a millionaire, study what millionaires do and do what they do. Eventually you'll become one because you're doing what a millionaire does. You want to be a director, study directors, do what they do because you, then you'll become one. And I'm, I, I, I can't say that enough that it takes you getting off, I'm saying nicely, get off your butt. Be willing to believe that anything is impossible because if you're willing to believe it is, then it is. That must be why on your Facebook page there's a big bold headline that says nothing is ever possible until you believe it is. It's true. So let's see how you went from never having directed a film. Your first film, I think, was was a film called Find, Find Me. Me, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. how did that, is that something, did That's you write him. that? or? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so what happened after that book meeting, we, as a family, go down to Florida and visit my parents over Christmas every year. And my wife was like, what, you know, when are you going to do this? So I thought, you know what, that's it, I'm going to write a script. Never done it. So I, I took a couple months and studied other scripts and, and read a bunch of books and watched a bunch of videos and thought, okay, I'm going to write a script. So I sat down. Uh, I would work on it every night when we were down in Florida. We were there for two weeks. So by the end of two weeks, I was about 60 pages into it, and it was just okay. you know. And so I, I finished it up. I gave it to a few people to read. And I, I remember I gave it to one guy, and he says, you know, they do have script writing classes you could take. You know, <laughs> It was a nice way of saying you needed help. So I wrote, rewrote, wrote, rewrote, asked people's opinions. I hired script consultants to look at it, break it down, tear it down. Eventually, after about 15 rewrites, we were to the place where it was actually something that might have been decent, you know, worth shooting. And being in television for years and years, I knew a lot of guys that were in movie stuff. And so all my friends who I worked with and guys that I'd hired on jobs that I produced, I just said, hey, I want to do this. And I had one friend, his name is Dave Campbell. And you'll see Dave's name in every one of my movies. And he was just like, let's just do it, man. Let's just do it. Let's just make it happen. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm, I'm lost. And so he introduced me to another guy named Jason Stafford. who You'll see his name in all my films as yep, well. I remember that name. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Jay had been in the movie making business for years and years. And I just said, I've got the script. I don't know what I'm doing. Would you help me? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And so we shot Find Me for about $30,000 in nine days. <laughs> and pretty much everybody was volunteer uh, except for, you know, I, I rented equipment, cameras, you know, things like that. There were a few key positions I had to pay. But a majority of the crew was um, volunteer. I had 18 people stay at my house over that. Wow. It was a 12-day period with pre-pro and, and getting out. And my wife, she's a trooper. She was making, you know, meals for us at night and all that. And sure. it was real guerrilla filmmaking. Um, but, for you know, for what the film is, it's a fun little film. It's a Did you film. shoot film or video? We shot it on DVC Pro. We shot it on the, uh, the JVC HD 250. And the reason we used those is because they were one of the first cameras that could have the external Firestore, you know, so I could go right to digital. Okay, so you finished that film. What happened with that film? Were you able to get it out so that people could see it? We did little screenings here and there, and I got tied up with um, uh, Anchor distributors and got it in stores. I mean, it has sold. It's, it's sold close to 7,000 copies so wow. far, you know, and for the, the money I put into it, I got that back, and, you know, it's been... Actually, if you look at percentages, it's probably the most profitable film I've made. <laughs> <I hate to laughs> <say it. laughs> you know, let's talk about a Christmas snow real yeah. quick. Well, the idea came from somebody said to me, you know, I'm trying to remember how the conversation, but the conversation was something about if somebody died and they had a chance to do something over, what would you do? You know, and I thought, you know, what what, what would that be like? What if somebody died, got to heaven, you know, and God said, okay, hey, you know, what? I'm going to give you five days to go back and 
fix things in your life? What would that thing be that you wanted to fix? Well, it's a so, terrific film. I and mean, just so the listener knows, clearly from the title of Christmas Snow, it's a Christmas movie. What if you if you haven't seen it, then what you probably don't know is that it has a terrific cast. It stars Muse Watson, who mm-hmm. a lot of people know from Buku's of work, but probably everybody knows him as Mike Franks on NCIS. And yeah. then uh, Catherine Mary Stewart and uh, a, a terrific young actress named Cameron Tenaple. Cameron Tenaple, yeah. yeah. So, and Anthony Tyler Quinn from right. Wonder World. Yeah. 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 I mean, just Tony a, just, was so much fun to work with. How long was production on a Christmas? We were three now? weeks, three six day weeks uh, okay. production on that. It, we got it done by June. Uh, so we finished in the end of February. We got it done by June and got to market that year. Uh, uh, so it was really fast, you know. And then we shot The Lamp, our next film, in October of 2010. So in 2010, we did two different films. And uh, that was another step. And, and each one for me was, okay, what can I do to expand myself as a director, as a writer, as a producer, so that I'm, you know, upping my game every time I do something. Let me let me go back to Christmas Snow just real quickly. One of the things that I remember most from that time of following A Christmas Snow, and I, I guess I became aware of it probably on Facebook, but mm-hmm. you did a score of behind-the-scenes videos when yeah. you, when you yeah, were doing A Christmas Diaries. Snow. Director's Diaries. And I wonder now, in retrospect, did they accomplish what you wanted them to accomplish? Were they time well spent? Because they were some of the best behind-the-scenes and director's diary-type videos that I've seen from anybody. I thought they were yeah. very, very effective. Yes, they, they did very much. And what I liked about them is, is, for me, in today's world of social marketing and what we're doing in the marketplace, people like Facebook and things like Facebook, Twitter, because they feel like they get to know you as right. a person. So I, I was thinking, what better way to get to know me than just spend time with me? So, uh, And it wasn't entirely my brainchild. Joe Justice, who was my marketing at the time, was the one who kind of drove that thing but every day at the end of the end of shooting i would just talk about hey here's what we did and here's and i would explain a different position because a lot of people like me when i first started didn't know what does a gaffer do what is a key grip what is a a line producer you know what's an ad why is there a second second ad you know that kind of thing right and uh so you know we just i'd say i'm with jason stafford and he's the assistant director jay was an assistant director blah blah blah. you know today we shot this and we'd show some behind the scenes pictures and this is what happened it rained on us we had to move inside you know and just talk about it and i got more comments on those things because people just loved making this movie with me right you know they felt like they were on set every day with me and got to experience what we did so we'd we, you know, they were day delayed. So what I, what I recorded on Monday would air on Tuesday, and when I record on Tuesday would air on Wednesday because it gave Joe time to go put the, you know, the bumpers and stuff on it. But are those was, all still available? On, they're all up there. Yeah. yeah so just, what I would encourage to people to do, pictures okay, on YouTube, Trust Moving Pictures on YouTube. <clears throat> so I really would encourage you if you're a, a beginning filmmaker or even a, a filmmaker who's experienced, but maybe you've never done the behind the scenes video thing, go look at these because I think they can be really helpful in showing you what's possible they really did a couple of things for me first of all they maintained my interest in you're you're right it was like sort of being on set uh, to a, to an extent and seeing the movie mm-hmm. being produced but the other thing that it did for me because i didn't know you from adam mm-hmm. it kept showing me you know these people know what they're doing this is <laughs> or, this is or we're good at faking it are <laughs> good at faking well that's what the movies are about isn't it exactly yeah. uh, but it really gave me confidence that you know 
this guy really is good. He knows what he's doing. He's produced even this product here is well done. So I thought that was very, very effective. And if, you know, if you were trying or someone else is trying to attract investors, for instance, you don't want to put up some crappy video that's your behind the scenes video that doesn't look good. I, you know, you see that a lot on Kickstarter or Indiegogo where, you know, somebody wants you to donate to their project and their video just isn't very good. You know, you don't feel confident that if, if I give you this money, why should I give it to you instead of someone else? You know, if that's your calling card, if that's your calling card. Yeah. So I thought it was very, very effective (laughs) in that way. So what was it like? This was your first big movie then to work with movie stars. That was my first SAG film. Okay. Uh, and it, you know, because Find Me was just a little independent deal. And then Find Me, none of the actors had acted before. Okay. You know, they were guys, kids that wanted to, college kids that had an interest in it, but never done it, you know, as a as a job. And, uh, and you know, if I if I can digress for a moment. Yeah, sure. I want to come back to your earlier question. Oh, okay. I, this was something I wanted to tell you. Yeah. Is it too late to do Follow Your Dream? Oh, yeah. Uh, Carry Me, that short that we did, the lead actor in that, Mark Tietzord, guy who plays Jason. Right. Uh, the guy who's going to have the affair or had the affair. Well, let's let's that tell is, people what Carry Me is then if we're going to talk about it. Okay. I don't know what yeah, that well, is. And, and it's a good thing to tie in marketing as well. People say, why are you doing short film? What's, what's the reason for short film? You can't make any money at it. Uh, for me, the purpose to do short film, number one, is to hone my skills, to continue to write and to continue to direct, you know. Uh, Carry Me, we shot over three days, and I thought if I'm going to put a product out there that I want people to see, let's find something that they're slightly familiar with so that it's not a foreign product that they won't embrace. So Carry Me was based on a story that was trending around Facebook last year. It had hundreds of thousands of likes and you know, like eighty or 90,000 shares when I, when I read it. So it already had a following. It was already something that people were interested in. So I thought let's, let's take a story that's well-known and do that. But another reason I did carry me is because Mark uh, Tietzart, who was 61 at the time, said he, he wanted to get into acting. And now he's 61 years old. So for the past 40 years, he was working life and raising children and doing all the stuff that you have to do to, to make it, right? And he, we were just talking one day, and he said, you know, uh, my dream is to get back into acting. You know, I would love to act. So I said, well, let's do a project. Let's do something. And so Mark, that's the first time he's acted since he was now, how do you 20s. know him? Through uh, business? or? Funny. He's a he's a pastor at the church I go to. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> kind of funny. What do you mean he's not acting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got to deliver. Yeah. He's on stage every Sunday. But you know, to do something like that yeah. was, you know, something different for him. And Donna, uh, the the mom and that, you know, there's four pastors or four, you know, leaders in the church I go to. Donna is married to one of the other pastors and she'd never acted, you know, she'd done stuff on stage and stuff for church and all that and some dance things, but that was her first time in front of a camera doing that type of thing, you know. And so for me personally as a director, my challenge is, is can I make these guys believable? Can I have them do a performance that they didn't even know they could do? And I love that challenge, you know, working with guys who don't have a lot of experience because they're moldable, they're pliable, they're hungry, you know. So uh, coming back to that question, you know, is it too late? Well, for Mark, it's not too late. He's right. out in L.A. right now doing pilot season. Really? Oh, my yeah. goodness. How about that? Yeah. Well, the, yeah. the other thing I thought was interesting about that, and, and again, the film's, the name of the film is Carry Me. Where can people mm-hmm. find that online? I'll it's also on YouTube as well. Yeah, YouTube. Just go to YouTube. Um, it's, the best way to do it is type in Trost Moving Pictures, T-R-O-S-T, Moving Pictures. Um, there's so many other things out there with the name Carry Me on it. It doesn't, right. it doesn't come up to like the right. 15th page. Well, here's the interesting uh, thing for people, too. And, and I even posted this, I think, on Facebook or I told some people about it. And, and hopefully you don't find this offensive in, in, because it's your, it's your art. But the mm-hmm. thing is you have a sponsor 
for this yes. film. And it and in in a way it becomes a commercial for this sponsor, in not a commercial directly, but it's a commercial because their name is attached to this terrific short film. And I thought that was brilliant. It was uh, something that, that is very well done. It's something that this company, which was, uh, what was the name of the company? A, mor- a mortgage, a mortgage company. company. Gateway Mortgage. Gateway yeah. Mortgage was willing to attach their name to, so they felt comfortable with the subject matter and the quality of the production mm-hmm. and all those things. And I don't know if they funded it at all or not. I would I would assume maybe that no, there's the, something. No, the movie there. was done beforehand. Oh, okay. Uh, so this comes back to another idea. Is yeah. As today's world of marketing is changing, uh, viral is the key if you can get something that people will pass around. And I know the owner of Gateway Mortgage, and I was telling him my idea of you know using short film as a way of marketing. And you know, could I do a short film every couple of months and get paid to do it, and you know, make that part of my income stream? On this one, the film was already done. Everybody on Carry Me, everybody volunteered their time because everybody liked the story, and we all wanted to work together. I had actors who wanted to work with me, crew people, I went, you know, that I wanted right. to work with, you know, a DP that I wanted to work with. So it was a you know, hey, let's just do this thing and make a cool product. You know, and we'll, we'll all, and then if you notice, like in the credits, everybody's names in the opening credits. You know, you don't normally see that, but I did that because all these people volunteered. So I want everybody to, you know, you, even the gaffer and the key grip and the, you know, everybody's got their name in the opening credits. But the idea, I was kicking this idea around with with uh, Kevin, the owner of Gateway, and just said, you know, I think I think there's something here. I'd like to see what happens. And so he's like, hey, I'd, I'd be willing to give it a try because Kevin's. Of that mindset, I mean, he's very pro-family and all that, and he he didn't mind having his name attached to it. So, we thought we'd give it a try. You know, so we threw a little closer on it. You saw with Kevin and right. saying, "Hey, a gateway. We, you know, we believe in families, faith, family, and community. And you know, if if we can help you out with your loan, give us a call. You know, and unfortunately, it's actually worked. Well, it's it's <laughs> just know? a great yeah. tie-in. It's it's a good film." And it, you know, I think it works for them. It's one of those win-win situations, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I really encourage the listener to go look at that film and see that as maybe there's an idea there for marketing a project, a short film or, or something that you can take from that. The other thing I want you to notice as the listener or what you will notice, you don't have to notice it. You'll just see it <laughs> You immediately. must notice this. <laughs> well, well, what's going to happen is you're going to see from the first shot, I'm in great hands here in terms of the directing, you know, it, it's just, I don't know about you, but I, I love going to the movies of, uh, first of all, but I love it when the first shot of a movie captivates me mm. just from the first camera move, the first shot, mm. whatever, if it's a, if it's a still shot, whatever it is, I can often tell if I'm really going to enjoy the whole movie from the opening scene, the opening shot sometimes. That's and it's like, uh, you know, and I, and maybe I take that from the, the time I was reading a, a lot of uh, paperback books and I go, and how do I choose which paper? Well, I'll, I'll read the first page. If the first page grabs me, I'll buy the book. If it mm-hmm. doesn't, I'll pick up another book, you know, but um, now, you know, that doesn't the same always way. I read, I read the outside cover and yeah. I'll start a little bit in the first chapter. But your film me. immediately carry me. I mean, you go, wow, this is, this, this is good. You know, okay, so I mean, let me ask you something yeah. then. As a, as a director, I'm curious because you know I I have my own idea of what I think is good and what will work. Yeah. Uh, the opening scene of Carry Me, we see a guy in a uh, coffee shop just sitting there, kind of contemplating. Yeah. Right. As a viewer, what what is it? What got you with that? Why? Well, did, it, it why, actually why did you care? It, it actually was the camera. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was the movement in the camera and and the placement of the camera. Now, 
I don't say that to say that the camera intruded on my on the storytelling because it didn't. It just no, it just brought me into the story immediately. Uh-huh. And Did I you feel like the guy was all alone. Yeah, I can't I can't explain exactly what it was. It's just that opening scene that when the camera started to move, I saw the, the guy there and yeah. all right, okay, I'm here. I'm listening. Yeah, that's great. And Brett Reynolds was the DP on it. And my, I told Brett, what I want people to feel when they see this guy in the beginning is that he's all alone Yeah, and he needs help. And so Brett went way back with the camera and put him off to the side and just did this real slow push into him. And I agree with you. I like it. I yeah, like the open I, shot. I, I liked it a lot. And it just, it just said to me, okay, this is a filmmaker who knows what he's doing. And I mean, I, I didn't stop to think about that. It's just, you know, that's a fleeting millionth of a second thing that yeah, goes yeah, on yeah. And, and you're, you yeah. know, it, it's not disruptive at all. It's just, you know, it was, it was terrific. I mean, I don't sound like I'm kissing your backside here, but it, but it was, it was, <laughs> okay, it was really good. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, sure, sure. That, that'll be the day. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so but what was it like to work? Oh, go ahead. The thing about Carrie Moon that's interesting yeah. is it's 12 and a half minutes long. Right. And for the internet, that's an eternity. It is, and it's gotten close to six thousand views in three weeks. Right. So it's it's and people, you know, you've seen it. So I mean, people say it, it flows well, and so they don't they don't realize it was twelve minutes when it was all said and done. Right. Yeah. Well, the other thing you did, since we're talking about marketing, and I and I hope you don't mind me mentioning no, this, go with it, is go with it. is and and filmmaker, here's a great idea. What. One of the things Tracy did was he sent emails to. Oh, I'm sure I was one of the few, but <laughs> but no. he said no. He sent emails to a lot of people. I'm sure and said, "Look, in a few days, I'm releasing this short film, and I'll let you know when it is. And when I do, I would like for you to go to Facebook and like it, and then share it sure. and tell mm-hmm. your friends about it. Mm-hmm. And you know that's you know in this day of social media, like you say, that's that's just uh, you know that should be. A no-brainer for yeah. everybody to do that. Yeah, I was talking. A- I was talking. I'm sorry. I was talking to. Um, the, I'm, I'm finishing uh, editing an episode with uh, Linda Nelson of a, of a company called Nelson Madison Films, and she's a, a VOD distributor and a distributor otherwise too. But they are real specialists in VOD. And mm-hmm. one of the things she was saying is, I said, you know, when should people start? You know promoting their films and she said while you're shooting it you know you need need to be building an audience you know from the time you have a script so that by the time you're finished you have a core audience who are on your side Mm -hmm. and are willing to help you promote this film and see this film so that they can help you spread the word and so that you will be attractive to a distributor Mm -hmm. so what you did was just terrific i thought thought, wow that's a great idea i think you were one of the guys that i I put a post on facebook and said hey i need people to help me promote something that's coming i think it was yeah that's right a private message me send me your email and i had several hundred that said yeah you know wow and then i had on my own personal email list another four or five hundred people i sent out to and just said hey this thing's coming out you know please just do me a favor and go you know like it but what i loved is my my little stormtroopers on facebook because guys like you who I can talk directly to and say, okay, here's the next thing that's going to happen. I need you on this day at this time to go do this. And, you know, you guys go do it. And, you know, I'm so appreciative of that because it, it helps get something out and gets this, you know, it kind of like seeds the lawn here a little bit. You know, eventually the grass is going to grow, but let's let's throw some fertilizer on this thing now and get it going early. You well, know? and what you find, too, from from this side of, of, the, uh, of the computer screen is that being asked to do something like that by someone whose work you respect is a kick. You yeah, want to fine. do it. You want to do it. 
you know? Yeah. And so you have a fan, you know, I'm your fan in this case. And so, yeah, I'll do that. And so that's what, you know, I, one of the, one of the things I've learned over, over this um, past year is to, to deal more in relationships. Mm-hmm. And one of the things in, in this business, whether you're an actor or a filmmaker, relationships are so important. Instead of chasing after jobs, you know, mm-hmm. if, if we can build relationships with each other, then the kind of work we want to do is, is hopefully going to be more organically yeah. coming our way. And so I, I don't really, I, you know, I, this is the most I've ever I've talked to you. I don't think I've ever actually talked to you before. We emailed we've, back we've and forth. E- I saw you on a movie one forth. time, and I said, hey, can I saw you on TV? <laughs> That's right, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I, I was still... That? Was that the one? Uh, in, it may, in, may have been um, Bernie or... Uh, no, no, no. It no? was the one, uh, Winter's Bone or something like that? No, no, I wasn't in Winter's Bone. I, and wasn't I, that I one? wish I it was were. One but, you were standing on the porch of, I think the cops were at the door, and... Mm-hmm. I don't, you've done so much work. I don't know. I, 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 I was just I like, know, hey, that, that, that might have been a documentary about my life. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Stand on the porch. <laughs> the cops at the sky. door. No, no, no. I, <laughs> cops I, you, at your porch. <laughs> I think you're, I think you're uh, mistaking me for a better actor, but that's okay. No, no, quit it. Quit it. <laughs> well, listen, we're, you know, um, now, so you, go sure, okay, go back to, go back to what you wanted to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. You talked about relationships and you talked about chasing the job. One thing we need to realize as human beings is we are all in the people business. There's nothing that we can do without people. There's nothing we can create without people, and there's everything that we do eventually is for people. We have to take our eyes off of what we want in life, and what we have to focus on is what we can give in life. And that's you know like what you're doing. Your podcast is helping other people in the business, learn more about the business, get their way through the business. I know you do it because you're passionate about it, but you're also, you're, you know, from what I've heard in your podcast, you really care about these people that you talk to and care about helping them and care about helping your, your listening audience. Absolutely. You know, so as an actor, as a producer, as a director, whatever, and especially in your, in your social media, my biggest advice I give anybody is drop the pretense, drop the wall. We're all people. We all put our pants on one leg at a time, you know. Just be real, okay? Don't try to impress anybody because we're not impressed anyhow. And eventually, if you have to fake or lie or do something to impress somebody, eventually you'll be found out. Then you'll be really unimpressive. Just be yourself. Just have a good time in life and help other people. You know, some of the, some of the it's funny, the responses I get on my Facebook posts because I'm just a guy, just, you know, I like motivational stuff. It's, it's what I'm into. So I put up some of my favorite quotes with some of my thoughts on that quote. And I get some great responses from those because I'm getting people to think and I like that. But the funny thing is some of the most responses I get are like when I, the other day I put up, I really like fried egg sandwiches and I got like 150 likes and like, you know, 30 or 40 comments on it, you know? Yeah. And that's just me being me. You know what? I had a Friday egg sandwich that day and I thought, you know, I really like these things, you know. So if I can make any suggestion to anybody that way, it's just be yourself, just be real and focus on not what I can get but what I can give. How can I help you? What can I do for you? And you'll find the jobs and the money and the things that you're looking for in life will chase you down instead of you chasing them down. Well, if I don't know a good place to stop, I don't know anything, and that's a good place to stop right there. (laughs) There you go. Well, thank you, Tracy. Goodness gracious, I enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so very much, really. I need some positive reinforcement, and that did it for me, and I really am excited about seeing your next project. Also excited about following people like The Robert D. and Andy Andrews, and these people that I've come to become acquainted with 
online just because I've started figuring out who you are and following the things that you do. So thanks a lot. Really appreciate you being such a terrific guest on Actors Talk Podcast. And to you folks who are listening, thank you. And I hope you enjoyed the interview. Let me hear from you if you did. Email Tommy at ActorsTalkPodcast.com. But it would be especially uh, thankful if you would make comments right on the webpage. And also you can go to the iTunes link that's on the webpage to give us a review that would be very helpful okay up after this episode with tracy once it has played its time we will, i will have an interview with new york casting director jen rudin jen is a casting director who has a new book out called confessions of a casting director and we had a very very terrific talk during during my break from being ill and I think that you'll get a lot out of that, especially if you are an actor. Jen Rudin, New York Casting Director, up after this episode with Tracy, and that'll be in two or three weeks. So God bless you all. Thank you so much for, again, for your patience and for your prayers. I do appreciate it. I hope to see you in the movies. And as I said, get in touch with me if you have a project that you want to talk about. I am open to discussing that with you. Actors want to work, and we especially want to do good projects with good roles and I'm in that uh, I'm in that group of people that want that. So let me hear from you. God bless you all. Take care, and I will see you next time. That's it. That's a wrap.